Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Pillar up in Collingwood. And we are concluding Cape Breton week. Yes, it's been a lot of Eagles content from the president of the team to their star forward, who's now a Belleville senator. You got to assume Igor Sokolov And this. Now we get the broadcaster's view. We have play-by-play voice Patrick McNeil on the show. Still has that great East Coast vibe to him. And he's seen all these sense prospects grow over time. So we get his take on that. And Timmy Stutzla have an update all that and more this the locked on senators podcast your team every day today is friday november 13th and pilsy timmy superstar is back on the ice you love to see it i mean anytime your star prospect is going through a rehab process all these little updates are just nuggets of gold for us sens fans seeing him approaching looking better he looked good out on the ice that's for sure and that's the thing like obviously no injury is is fortunate but at least with a broken hand you can still work on those other things like skating and working on your edges and stuff like that so that's at least a positive and look this is a young kid he's an athlete he's in great shape I think he's going to recover just fine yeah, he's been posting on his Instagram over the past couple of weeks where he's riding the bike, he's doing all sorts of things. But I'm assuming that since he still had a brace of some sort on, they thought it was better. Just stay off the ice, right? In case you catch an edge and you fall and all of a sudden you're back to square one. So the fact that he is on the ice is a huge sign. And I'm sure it felt good for him too, being able to to put on the uniform again and, and tie up the skates. So Great to see Tim Stutzla back skating. Unfortunately, he won't be in the Mannheim lineup today as Mannheim plays their first game of an eight-month period. It's not a DEL game. That still hasn't been decided, but they're doing a little tournament. So Mannheim is in action. Unfortunately, not Tim Stutzla. Although, there are plenty of sends in Europe. And you can go, we tweeted out at Send Central, all of the players who are currently in action. And almost everyone has a game this Friday, the 13th of 2020. Kind of eerie, Friday the 13th, and then you add in the year that's been, but we'll get through it. And seeing Timmy on the ice to start the day, what a great sign that was. Pilsy, let's go way back. So we had the 2020 third overall pick we're talking about, but let's go back to 2001. On this day in Ottawa Senators history, talk about the dead puck era. I don't think so. The Ottawa Senators defeat the Washington Capitals 11 to five 16 total goals how about that yeah the fans got their money's worth on that one that's for sure and ross how about i know you got this that how many sends players had multi-point nights that night 10 10 (laughs) senators had more than a point so poor, poor chris phillips and wade redden each with a single assist everyone else who had a point had at least two todd white Chris Neal, Martin Havlat, all with a goal and an assist each. Magnus Arvidsson, Zdeno Chera, two assists each. Sean McEachern, two goals and an assist. Radic Bonk, a goal and two assists. Carl Rakunic, four assists. Daniel Alfredson, three goals and an assist for a four-point game. But the cherry on top, Marion Hosa, two goals and three assists for a five-point game. 
goalie-friendly show. Shout out Yanni Irme. Five goals against, still picking up the dub. Speaking of five uh, points for Hossa and five goals against, how about five-minute penalties in this game, too? Oh, my God. You got Zdeno Chara squaring up against Chris Simon. Heavyweight. Chris Neal and Chris Simon again. Imagine Chris Simon. What a night going up against Big Z and then Nealer right after. And then Mike Fisher, Rob Zettler. And then just to finish the game off, Bill McCault, our guy, and Rob Zettler getting in a fight. So that was one hell of a game for those fans. Even our boy Andre Wall was mixing it up in that game. Had two penalties himself and just a fun night in Sens history and a lot more fun than the one we're going to talk about on tomorrow's show. But before tomorrow's show, hey, Cape Breton week. I love the East Coast more than anything. It was fun to get some different perspectives eh, of, of what these Igor Sokolov, Drake Batherson, and Kevin Mandelese, what they've meant to that organization. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. This is the first time we've really done like a themed prospect week. So it was kind of cool. I hope uh, all the fans enjoyed listening to all this. And we're going to have Patrick McNeil on here too. Hopefully it wasn't uh, information overload and too many of the same stories being shared. But we figured we got these three guys lined up. Might as well hit them back to back so they can all kind of touch on each other's interviews and uh, we can further the story. Like that was so cool getting Gerard Shaw's story and then hearing Igor's side of it as well. So that's the kind of stuff we're going to continue to do here. And maybe we'll see some more themed weeks coming up. Uh, a little tease for you. Yeah, we put out a tease on Twitter, at Send Central. I'm just going to leave it at that for now. No jinxes involved, but we're pretty sure we got him. And to get him, to get anybody on the show, I need to get fired up. And that's why I always have a Built Go with me. Built Go makes me the best at what I do. And that, in this case, is sending emails. But for whatever you do, you can do it the best of your ability. Everyone has that wall. Whether it's mental or physical, you can break through it with Built Go every single day. They're in easy-to-take one-and-a-half-ounce packages. You can put it anywhere. Put it in your golf bag. Power through the back nine. Put it with your skates and stick. Take it to the ODR. You can even put it in your pocket just to get through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. Here's some comparables. Like, you know 5-Hour Energy. It's that, but without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine. So, better results. They come in three delicious flavors. I'll list them off. Peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and mint chocolate. Oh, my. That is definitely my favorite. How does Built Go work so well? Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is a fast-absorbing, so it gets into my system fast, plus it's easy on the stomach. Built Go is loaded with the good stuff that ignites my work. Beta alanine, B3, honey, and that kick of caffeine. Built Go then kicks me into high gear and keeps me going strong. B6, B12, 10,000% of your daily percentage. Collagen protein promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. Check out the offer at visitbuiltgo.com. That's builtgo.com and use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 30% off your next order. That is a ridiculous deal. Don't miss it. That is builtgo.com. Use promo code LOCKED for 30% off at builtgo.com. Let's go. All right, here he is. Cape Breton Eagles play-by-play voice, Patrick McNeil. 
All right, we now welcome on a very special guest. He's been calling Cape Breton Screaming Eagles games from back when screaming was, well, a part of the name. Still with the Eagles now, it's Patrick McNeil. Uh, how are you doing today? Welcome to Locked On Senators. Doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. You know, it's funny. It's not that long since we changed the name, but you look around, you look at the roster, and there's, there's not a lot of guys left from that time period. So it's funny how things uh, switch pretty quickly change in a hurry and a couple of graduates will be right into the senator's organization and ken kevin mandalazy and igor sokolov who we just had on the show what a great kid too and i'm sure getting to be around these guys on a daily basis you get a great appreciation you were actually there since logan shaw and drake batherson so four players now currently in the sens organization we'll start way back with the first one because logan shaw he's been around what we told gerard that his uh, his hockey db page they must be running out of room in the garage for all the jerseys he's played for. But Kate Bretton, he spent his whole, his whole junior career there until the very end. What kind of players should Sens fans be expecting to see in Logan Shaw? Well, it's interesting. I, I was talking to you before we got on mic. I actually was a fan of the Eagles before I started working for them. Logan would be back in my fan days, but I was certainly out of those games watching. And it was funny because Logan was a good junior player, but he wasn't necessarily the, the guy that would pop off the page in terms of being a major junior guy, he was always accountable in his own end, but maybe lacked the super dynamic offensive side of his game. And I think he projected to the pros the same way you would have expected. He's he's kind of been your classic tweener, battling back and forth between the AHL and the NHL, but he's not going to hurt you on the ice when he plays uh, in, the, in the show. And I had a good chat with him a while ago, that was a few weeks ago, talking about the nature of being that type of player. And he said you have to have to play to your strengths whichever level you're at. So he's going to be an asset to the Senators, regardless of whether he's in the big club or whether he's in Belleville. And he was kind of mentally ready for that as well, that like you know, he might be spending some time in the minors. You know, who knows how Ottawa's going to develop their current crop. But he's going to be a guy, you know, your dependable back-and-forth player who hopefully for us will stick in the show. But he's, he's ready to embrace the fact that that might not be a, he might not be a regular player. Yeah, and we're excited to have Logan Shaw in the Ottawa franchise uh, for sure. We've heard a lot of good things about him from his dad, especially. Are there any that uh, we've? It's been a very common theme that all these Cape Breton guys are high character guys. Are there any sort of off ice stories that you remember from Logan Shaw back in his day? Like we've heard so many, like Igor uh, delivering groceries. There's so much salt of the earth guys. Anything you remember from Logan? Uh, nothing I remember particularly for Logan, but that might just be because I wasn't working with the team at the time, but was always a very likable guy. You talk to him, and you, get, you guys probably get an impression from talking to his dad. Very family-oriented. When he was yep. talking about the decision to sign with the Sens, that was the number one thing. Was you know relatively new father. That was a big factor in his decision. Was That was a thing that he wanted to you know consider. And he, it just has a very, really good head on his shoulders. Very level-headed. He's not the type of guy who would come across as an arrogant athlete. You know, you, you know, he looks like an athlete, but if you pass him in the street, you know, he wouldn't, he wouldn't carry an arrogance that he played in the NHL by any stretch of the imagination. Very much has that, that down-home, east, uh, good Cape Retner vibe about him for sure. Well, Ottawa is known to have that in their franchise going back. Paul McLean is their head coach, Dave Cameron, even the head scout right now, Trent Mann, is, uh, is a PEI guy. So I think it's, uh, it's interesting that they've continued that in their drafting. And Drake Batherson's a very interesting case because – he was passed over in the draft, and then next thing you know, he explodes onto the scene after the second year draft eligible, fourth rounder, seven goals, seven games at the World Juniors. When did you see the biggest jump in his progression? It was really his rookie year at junior. So in the queues, the same as the OHL, you can draft them after your 15-year-old year. Drake was bypassed in his first queue draft. Oh, and as then, well. 
Wow. Yeah, and then then he was drafted by the Eagles, and he didn't make it the first go around. He got drafted, played ten games as an AP, and you could kind of see the glimpses. But I'll be honest, I personally didn't see like the massive skill in him. But the thing with scouts is they pay attention to bloodlines, and of course, Drake's dad, Norm, former PEI senator from Cape Breton, you guys probably know the name, and he's big guy, right? So once the size came for Drake, that's when the skill came through. He got the chance to play in his top on the top line as a rookie, and he played with that Giovanni Fiore here, was a huge goal scorer, and you just saw what this guy could do offensively, and the skating got better. He worked with skating coach Jill Plundowski, who comes up in a lot of these interviews, worked with Igor as well, and it just got better in every sense of the word, just to touch around the net, as, just, as you saw at the World Juniors. So it was really that rookie year at 2016-2017 with the Q – with the Eagles that you saw. And then of course, just one year and the Suns pick them. And I don't, don't think they're regretting it since then. Yeah. A big thing for Drake is kind of like what you talked about. His game changed a lot too. Once his physique filled out a little more, once he got a little bigger and he, I forget what the, the numbers were, but his growth in size and weight was a huge jump that one year. Did you notice in his game that uh, it was hard for him to adjust right away? You know, sometimes it takes a little while to grow into your legs when you have a big growth spurt like that. Or does he kind of transition through it nicely? Well, I think for him, a lot of that transition came in the summer leading into it because he – there was no – he wasn't a particularly slow starter that year, if I recall correctly. He kind of jumped into the box, so I think it was probably in the off season. But you definitely do see that in Major Junior for sure. But I remember when he got called up at 17, you know, he could have passed for somebody – and this is no offense to Drake – he could have passed for a 12- or 13-year-old on the bus. He was always kind of baby-faced, and he wasn't the biggest guy. And then when he had the big growth spurt, it was like, wow. But, you know, he kind of uh, – I wouldn't say exploded to the blocks, but you could tell right away he was going to be uh, – a contributor to the Eagles team. And then as the season came up, season went on, he just got more and more dominant to them the next year. He's at the world juniors and then he gets traded to Blaineville. And it was just a whirlwind to how quickly it all developed for him. But yeah, it was just really the growth spurt is what did it. The game, the player was always there, but until he had the size, he wasn't able to execute that at the junior level. But once, uh, once the size came, which he, I guess you knew it would based on his dad's physique, it was uh, no turning back for Drake. Are you a little surprised to see that he's uh, been not known, but a couple fights in his first uh, two pro years when you were seeing him on the bus uh, as a rookie, you think that was in the cards? Definitely not as a rookie. That's for sure. Uh, maybe his second year, but even then he's uh, not going to say a total pacifist, but not uh, definitely not his game really his character, but uh, you know, it's nice to see that he's, he's had, added a little bit of sandpaper to his game. And I don't, uh, don't think he's at a place because he's got the frame that he's capable of handling himself. Yeah, definitely. And he's also fared pretty well in both of those tilts, both standing up for a teammate. I might add to lean to the character and a uh, perfect transition into another high character guy, his billet brother, Igor Sokolov, who wasn't passed over once, he was passed over twice in the NHL draft. What point with him were you like written off where he was maybe a little bit slow around the edges on on the ice? And at what point also did you then see the transition maybe from uh, Jill Plandowski, as you said, working on his skating? Well, I think when he came in, he played in the top prospects game, scored in the top prospects game his first year. You thought he was going to be drafted. And then that was at 17. At 18, he took a bit of a step forward but not massively so. So it was probably in his 18-year-old season that you were concerned, like, this guy's probably going to get some camp invites, but, you know, maybe it's not going to happen for him. And then it was last season, as the season progressed, a month or two in, you were just there, – you were just there's no way this guy's not going to get drafted. He's just so skilled. And I had scouts telling me you had guys that are – I apologize if you guys are hearing ding in the back. I'm trying, I'm trying to negate that. But you had guys – 
scouts coming up to me and telling me this guy is better than guys that are signed now. And I thought, you know, maybe third to fifth round. And then he goes in the second round, which was just unbelievable. He is your classic offensive player that, you know, kind of worked to become acceptable on his own end. And he would tell you that himself. He, he would tell you he's not winning the Salty Trophy anytime soon. And he had to just become, you know, accountable enough to that. His offensive game is so good, you can't overlook it. And as you said, the skating is what made the difference. Because in his first two years in junior, he was a guy who was very potent offensively, and the skating didn't hold him back at this level. But it was evident enough that you're like, yeah, that's not going to translate to the next game. But now he's not necessarily the most finesse skater, but he's his movement is good enough, and he's so big that each of his strides take up you know so much space that you know there's no doubt that he should be able to do that pro level his shot is already nhl caliber so yeah i would say it was the beginning of last year you know he came as an nhl prospect we thought he was going to be drafted the first year he wasn't we maybe started having doubts in his second year and then a couple months into the third year and you know especially when he got to russia's world junior team like oh he's he's on the right path nobody's stopping him now yeah, that's for sure. The Igor is a guy uh, we heard he great attitude, and uh, he really rose to the challenge when Gerard Shaw kind of ch- challenged him to uh, work on his skating. Like you talked about, was the biggest thing he needed to work on. I want to go back to when Igor came over to Cape Breton. I want to tell tell us a little bit about the relationship between Igor and Drake Batherson on the ice. We heard Igor told us some funny stories. He didn't even know English, and they're Google translating uh, text back and forth to each other on the bench to talk about play. Like, what kind of chemistry did these guys have on the ice when he first came over from Russia? Very strong chemistry, both on and off the ice. We got to see them play together, complemented each other's games very well, and it was just an instant connection. And Igor just fit in so well with his Billet family. He's super close with his young Billet sister, Nico. And having having another player, I think, was was big. And, and I think, too, I mean, obviously, Drake didn't know any Russian, but the fact Drake has, you know, experienced a bit with the European culture and knows a little bit of German as well. So I think that probably helped also. But, yeah, those two were always close, and Drake was just so excited when Igor got picked by Ottawa that, you know, that was that was a bonus as well. But I think it was kind of a blessing, and there were two players that complemented each other very well. You know, uh, Drake it was, you know, maybe a bit more fancy in stick handling, and Igor is just such a natural finisher. And that really worked in the early part of their, of their time in Cape Breton. And it was a classic example, too, where, you know, it really helps an import to have somebody else living in their billet house, even if it's not another import player. But if you hear the stories about him not speaking a word of English, it's not a word. It's It almost feels like I'm making the memory up in my head now because it's so far from what it's like now. But I can still picture myself at that rink and member to a training camp and like trying to say something very basic to him and nothing. And now, you know, his English is just fantastic. He gave he, us a full, great, amazing interview. And, did, like, he was you, – you couldn't tell a couple years ago that he didn't know a single word of English. It's incredible. The slang he uses is just – it's like a native English speaker. It's really unbelievable. Yeah, it really is. And so when they played together, they both seem like they're projecting at right wing. Was Drake still playing center on that line, or were they on each wing? Yeah, if I recall correctly, Drake would have been at the middle. Igor has uh, not been one to – to play the middle of the ice he's a you know he's your uh, fire shot off the wing uh, type of guy so I Drake may have been on the other wing it's a couple years ago now so I don't remember but it wasn't it wasn't Igor in the middle I can tell you that (laughs) but 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 Drake's uh, Drake's had a bit more versatility in terms of where he can uh, can play and on the forward line for sure 
especially back then. I mean, now that he's growing into that six free three frame, I feel like he's the perfect candidate to be that power forward off the wing. And something else I love is that when Drake was filling out his uh, scouting combine notes, they asked him to compare him to an NHL player. And when we had him on, he said that player was Mark Stone. And you see a little similarity in the defensive aspect. He's always hounding pucks and never taking a shift off in his own end, which I love. And I mean, it translates to his offensive numbers as well. And as they're scoring goals, him and Igor led the queue in goal scoring. Kevin Mandelazy was back there improving every single year as well. Was there a point that you didn't see him as an NHL prospect? And maybe when did that change too? Uh, Kevin was interesting. The, the big story to watch there was when Ottawa was going to sign him. And I think they probably waited a little bit longer last year than I thought they would have. He was probably slightly behind the progress, uh, progression curve of where we li- would have liked to have seen him because he were, was a first-round pick in the queue. Actually, he was the Eagles' highest ever pick. He was picked higher in the queue draft than Fleury was, which is kind of interesting, although they were both first-rounders. But you know, you always saw the talent. It was just a matter of, you know, you had the odd mental lapse. So, you know, eh, maybe that goal shouldn't have gone in. But that's, you know, not uncommon for goaltenders. At 18, you kind of saw that the tools were there. But we had actually changed coaches between his 18 and 19-year-old season. And Marc-Andre Dumont's teams were usually more offensive. And Jake Grimes came in and a whole new coaching staff. So it was kind of a fresh start, fresh philosophy. And I think that helped Kevin as much as anybody else. And then it, towards the end of it, you know, last in all of last season, really, like, he always had the athletic ability, and you know, he wasn't technically unsound. It was just a matter of putting it together on a consistent basis. And then I think last season, most people would have said he was the best goaltender in the league. So, you know, you always it was always within reach for Kevin, but maybe in his 18 year old year, there was kind of questions about, uh, well, was this guy ever going to become an elite goaltender? And then the next year, he did, and we we're very happy for it. And hopefully, we'll see that in Ottawa as well. So in that 17- and 18-year-old season, when you say maybe there's a mental lapse here or there, were they often in the later games in the weekend? I know you guys play the three and threes. I feel like for a goalie, if they're playing like back-to-back and maybe even that third game in there as well, maybe it's tougher on a younger goalie. That is, but I think Kevin was always well-supported just because of the way like our goaltending dynamics would have worked. He would have been training starts and such. You know? Right. I don't know if that was really so much of a factor. It's just more of a just a consistency thing. What you see with and maturity uh, as well as you get older. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And just all players too say you know, and at the junior level, consistency is an issue. But once, as I said, once uh, once he turned nineteen, it seemed like that all was faded in the past, and we were very lucky to have him play last year. It was quite dominant. Yeah, speaking of his uh, dominant season last season, we when we talked to Gerard and Igor, they were just talking about how confident the team was when they had him in net uh, in that final season. It just seemed like Igor was saying they knew they had a chance to win, or if they made a mistake, it wasn't a big deal. Could you kind of feel that vibe like around the team and kind of in the arena? Like, oh, Kevin's starting tonight. Like, we got a good chance here. Oh, definitely, because the thing is, if you look at the Eagles' history, we've always had great goaltenders going back to the beginning. Like Even some guys, like a guy like Daniel Lavoie that wouldn't have made it to pros, was excellent at the junior level. Then you look at Fleury, look at Martin Houle played a game in the NHL, Andre Pavlik played in the NHL, Olivier Waugh played World Juniors. So there was just such a, a tradition of great goaltenders in Cape Breton. And then we went through this time period where he didn't have that. So once Kevin broke through, it was like, okay, this – this is what we've been waiting for. And you definitely notice a difference. I mean, you even see it like comparing to this year. This year, our goaltender, Nicholas Rucci, was a first-round pick this year. So he's only 16. And William Grimeyer has been a backup. And, you know, he'll have his good games. Rucci is going to have his struggles because he's 16. And you see it sometimes. There's a game we had a few weeks ago where – you know, a couple bad goals in a row and the team kind of deflates in front of him. Didn't see that last year with Kevin playing. That was not – 
that was not an issue. You know, and the odd chance he did let go of, you know, one bad goal it wasn't the end of the world because, you know, the team knew it wasn't going to happen again. So they're definitely, definitely made a difference, not just in terms of his play, but the confidence of the team in front of him. I don't, I don't think that can be understated for sure. I do want to mention, I do want to get into, and you mentioned this year, uh, what's it been like? You've been at all the games doing your play by play and it's must be a little different. Although Nova Scotia, you have it a bit more under control out there, but what's the difference in covering a game during a pandemic? You know, it is different, although, as what we were saying off mic before you started recording, is that maybe people here don't appreciate how not different it is for us compared to everywhere else, because it's all we know, right? So it, it is different, and there's certain protocols you have to do, like you have to fill out uh, an app uh, on your phone, checking symptoms, and then you get temperature check when you come in, and everything is spaced out, and it'll depend on the rink. It doesn't feel too different in Cape Breton. Uh, St. John and Bathurst, uh, there's plexiglass between each person to accommodate for more people. So there's little things like that. And you look out to the crowd, there's not as many people. I think part of it was mental at the beginning of the year, though, too, was I don't know if fans could really kind of get their head around it, but the last couple of games uh, when the Eagles had a, you know good showings on home ice, I noticed the crowd was starting to get a little bit more into it, which was good. And, you know, like even for little things, like a penalty kill would have a good shift and fans would be cheering. So it is different. You know, more interviews by the phone, uh, very specific protocols if you're doing stuff in person. You know, I've done a lot of coach interviews where I'm wearing a mask and the other guy's wearing a mask. That's a bit different, but it's, it's, it's unusual, but maybe not as different as you would think. Yeah, definitely. Well, we're at least glad to see hockey back on the ice. That's the most important. And everyone in Sens land is waiting because it's been almost 250 days since they last saw the team in action. Patrick, really appreciate you taking the time with us. Some great insight on players who the Sens are really excited to watch develop. And man, it all starting in Cape Breton. So really appreciate you taking the time for us. Well, I appreciate it as well, guys. And I, I don't know if people in Ottawa are aware. Sportsnet East, of course, that's the default channel here. So the Sens are on TV a lot. So this is mainly Habs Leafs territory. But, you know, there are some Sens fans around because of the TV deal. And I think there's probably going to be a lot more in a few years. They sure will. Especially, I didn't even realize that uh, Gerard told us that Kate, uh, Drake's family is from up there. Yeah, well, Norm, his dad, uh, it was funny. We thought of him as an opposing player because he would come and play for PEI. But, yeah, from uh, from North Sydney uh, originally. So Drake uh, has lots of family ties here. And so it's it's pretty neat to you know look at Drake as, you know, part Cape Bretoner. Logan is Cape Bretoner. And Igor considers himself a Cape Bretoner now. So, of course, uh, Kevin was here for four years. So we had definitely a lot of strong ties between uh, – Ottawa and uh, the Eagles organization. I don't know if, uh, if there'll be any more in the, in the next couple of years, but certainly hope all those guys make an imprint on a team that's not that far away that we can watch regularly on TV. Oh, yeah, Patrick. I'm sure uh, I would not be shocked at all if the Sens dip back into the Cape Breton Eagles uh, prospect pool, that's for sure. Can't thank you enough for all the insight uh, you've given us, and uh, we'll get you back on the show later on maybe. All right. Well, thanks, guys, and fingers crossed that uh, you'll have hockey soon too. Stick taps to Patrick McNeil for joining us. I really appreciate getting the broadcaster's view of things, that eagle's eye view, pardon the pun. But Pilsy, it was really great. I was fired up to have him. Oh, yeah, me too. And anytime you get fired up after a workout, you need to turn to Built Bars. Built Bar Protein Bar. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 16 amazing flavors, 8 chocolate nut flavors, and eight chocolate nut free flavors. But one thing that's guaranteed, all the Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Soft, easy to chew, none of that hard, crunchy, crispy, uh, you gotta use your back teeth to break off a bite. No, this is soft and the texture is amazing. Built Bar is great for the health conscious person. 
lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. That's all the right lows, all the right highs. And as we know, Pillsy's pick of the week. I've got a good one for you. You know, on the Locked On Centers podcast, we like a little yin and yang for our defensive partners. You know, one defensive guy, one offensive guy. So why not go with that with your flavor profiles too? Salted caramel built bar protein bars. You get the sweetness of the caramel and then a little saltiness on there too. So you get both both sides of the flavor spectrum there. And here's the sweetest part of it all. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off your first order. One more time, that's builtbar.com. Use promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off your first order. All right, Pillsy, we still have a couple polls to get to from the athletic one player poll and one agent poll. Rudy Balsers was in action. We'll tell you how he did. But first, some sad news the Ivy League officially announced yesterday no winter sports. So that's a tough pill for those kids to swallow. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, geez, this global pandemic is taking a toll on everyone. So it's it's tough when it's fully canceled, like they're not even going to going to try to go ahead with it or have a tentative date or anything. So tough, tough blow for those kids. And hopefully they they get to go next season and uh, get back on the ice. Now, there's no senators involved in this situation, but how tough would it be if you're a prospect of a team? And you're seeing all these other kids in bubble pods like Omaha or the Hockey East. They're starting. And you're like, what the heck? Why can't we play? Yeah, honestly, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how that uh, – what the difference of opinions is there. But I guess whatever is going on behind the scenes, they've decided it's not worth it for them to give this a try. Uh, it's really too bad. Tough news. Uh, better news from the athletics poll. They polled 25 agents, and they asked – a series of questions. We're going to focus on this one. Which team has had the best offseason so far? Now, Montreal was victorious with five votes, but in second place, a tie between the Colorado Avalanche and the Ottawa Senators. Are you a little surprised to see Ottawa in the mix there? No, not really, because, I mean, geez, when you come 30th out of 31 teams and you've traded away all your good players at the end of the year, you can only go up from there. But, like, even even having said that, like, regardless of how bad the centers were last year, they did make a lot of really good moves. I was surprised Montreal was the very top team that improved. And also a couple of the other uh, teams on here were head scratchers, like Florida. I'm not sure how Florida got better in any sense. They lost Hoffman. They lost Dadanov. Yeah, I don't really understand that one either. Whereas the NHL players poll were also asked which teams will be better or worse when the 2021 season begins. And Montreal also won that with six votes. So it's clear that the players and the agents are on the same page as that. Ottawa did not make an appearance on this one. Although I did find this answer funny. Mine. Was, was one of the players just said that as everyone else listed team. Smart. He goes, no, my team's going to be better. So, you know what? Let's just say that that's Brady. So, we'll, we'll put one vote for the Ottawa Senators on that. But a couple fun polls. Uh, more fun than Rudy Balser's game with Stavanger yesterday. They fell 6-2, to two and uh, Rudy did not get on the board. But how cool is this? A, a, they're calling it a concealed environment, basically a bubble. 
in Quebec City, of all places. So I think that that's pretty neat. They're going to play an NHL-style schedule there for the next little while at the Videotron Center, which is a brand-new like NHL-style facility. Yeah, the, the, Quebec needed to do this. Like, there are already like eight games, the Quebec teams behind uh, the Maritime team. So they had to figure something out to get these kids playing. Otherwise, the whole season is going up in flames pretty much. What a debacle that'd be if they didn't find a way to get those Quebec teams playing. So glad to hear it. And hey, it seems like a long stretch where we haven't had Sens prospects uh, playing over in Europe. So I'm stoked to get all those guys back on the ice. So they're getting back on the ice. And then the next week, It'll actually be Angus Crookshank that leads all of the sends college kids onto the ice Friday, November 20th. So a week from today, UNH starts their season, and Angus was great last year. Looking forward to seeing his development. I think this could be his last year. He's going to be a junior. I think that might be it, and then we might see him turn pro. And then after that, we've got Yakov Novak with, uh, with Bentley. They start on the 27th, the Friday after. And then get your beak wet because the Nodak Fighting Senators, December 2nd, begin their 10-game stretch in 18 days in the pod. How fired up are you for the college kids to get going? Man, I'm so fired up, especially thank you, Pierre Dorian, for making this easy. We pretty much just need to follow Nodak. I mean, Omaha, you got Tyconic there. He's supposed to stay in Nodak. Hey, shout out Luke Lohite. He's going to be in that bubble too with Minnesota Duluth. True, true. Yep, can't can't forget Luke Lowheight, That's for sure. And uh, it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting to see all these guys finally get on the ice. Like I want to see Sanderson in that Nodak uniform. I want to see Tyler Clevin. Is he as big and clunky as everyone says he is? I want to see it all. And Pinto can't wait to see some tipped goals coming right off the hop. Oh, the bean. And there's actually a great video we commented on. UND Insider posted it. They have this really cool behind-the-scenes style. They call it Through These Doors. It's like a UND. Basically, if you know the Raptors, that open gym, it's a very similar concept. And in the latest episode, Home Cooking. And Shane Pinto not only exhibits its talents on the ice, but within the culinary world. So we'll retweet that at Send Central, and we'll be back tomorrow with a Send Central Citizen Saturday. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.